Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. How does the impact come? Disciples making more disciples. It's not just for you to be a disciple, but you need to be involved in making disciples. Converts, little impact, because a convert never reproduces himself. Disciples, amazing impact. Where are you? First, you have to be a disciple to make another disciple. We are here so we can turn our world upside down. Lots of people who call themselves Christians say they believe in Jesus. Many have walked the aisle and make a profession of faith. If you've looked at people's lives over the years, you can make some assumptions about the depth of their commitment to Christ. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the importance of moving from simply being a convert to becoming a disciple. You'll learn the responsibility that a disciple has to God and to those around them. You'll find out about your requirement from Jesus to reproduce yourself and how to do that. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 9 as he continues his message, Sent Out Disciples, Greater Impact. Faith is simply believing that what God promised, He will do. That's all through the Word of God. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. I believe that. I have faith. So Jesus said, anyone who has faith, and this is where some of you are going to be like, okay, that's broader than the 12 disciples. Hello. That's every Christian in all time. If you have faith in Him, notice, that simply means this is for you and for me. Then because of this, There's going to be, notice, you will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things. Write these four things down. Just a little note like this. Number of disciples is greater. I'll explain them in a moment. Number of converts is greater. Greater time period and greater in scope and distance. So I'll repeat them as I explain them. It is not greater in the kind of ministry that Jesus did. You can't get any greater than raising from the dead. Okay, so it's not like we're going to do stuff that Jesus didn't do. No. But it's greater in the number of disciples. When Jesus was here on earth, he was fully God and fully man. So how many places could he be at one time? Tell me. One. Today, very different. Anywhere, same time, because he's back in heaven. But as a man, he can only be in one place at one time. So 
He's speaking to 12 disciples. Pretty soon they'd be scattered where? All over. Think about where you are. How many of you are Christians, disciples? Thousands of you that are listening to me right now. So there's way more of you. There's way more of you than one Jesus. So if you go out with the message and the power and the authority, obviously there's going to be a greater impact. And that brings the second one I told you. Greater in number of converts. Jesus was the master preacher. The master of everything. He's our role model. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached his first sermon. How many came to Christ? 3,000. We don't know that if 3,000 ever came to Christ when Jesus taught. How about Billy Graham? Hundreds of thousands of people. So see, that's because there's more people, more Second, third thing, greater, greater not only in disciples, greater in number of converts, but greater in time. Jesus' ministry was how many years? Three and a half. How many of you have been saved more than three and a half years? Let me see your hand. Okay. So every day that goes beyond that, you're here greater time. More opportunities, more converts, all kinds of neat stuff. So he was just explaining to us... As he delegated this out, that's what his whole plan was. Now, last is greater in scope and distance. When Jesus was here on the earth, other than one as a baby to Egypt and one other time just a little out of Israel at the north, he spent his whole time in the little teeny nation of Israel the size of New Jersey. That's where he lived. That's where he ministered. Now, what about us today? <laughs> All over the place. All over the world. So here's what I want you to write. What that meant is there's going to be greater impact. Change lives all around the world. What was the purpose? To expand the kingdom of God. Because when you expand the kingdom of God, you decrease the kingdom of Satan. You're either in one or the other. So when you expand the kingdom of God, you decrease the kingdom of Satan all around the world. Now, let me show you, and we're just a small camp. I mean, you know, we're 10,000 people. We're one of the large churches in the United States. Big deal. It's nothing. I was talking to somebody today, church in India that I'll be going to in the fall. They're building a new sanctuary. It sees 50,000 people. Their first service starts at 5 a.m. in the morning. I'm waiting until they get their new sanctuary. So it will be later than 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so what are we seeing as you look at this through technology? We're seeing the fulfillment of the very verse you read. See, it's not like, wow, they're watching, Pastor Mark. No, they're watching and getting saved. And they're being discipled. Somebody stopped me today. I did a funeral today. At the end, the person said, we're people that watch you every week out of state. Good to see you in person. I said, I am real. And they didn't say you're short. They just were kind. <laughs> Fine. Hush up. All right. You say, Pastor Mark, I would like to be able to reach people like that. I'm glad you ask. Let me read you. Say this with your lips. G-M-O. Did I put that one in good? Come on, come on. I, I thought that was good myself. Yeah. All right. Here's a letter. Pastor Mark, I'm so blessed to be part of GMO. 
I've been serving since the beginning. It will literally take only minutes per day to answer emails. Did you hear me? Pastor Mark, you don't have time to do it. It'd take me all day. Minutes to do one a day. Recently, I've been challenged and blessed to minister to several individuals with much help from the resources provided within GMO. One man, a Buddhist monk, just accepted Jesus. A Buddhist monk. Now, let me drop back quickly. How do these emails get from all over the world? Hundreds of thousands every day. How do they get there? Because they're searching websites. They'll say, who is God? Is Jesus real? How can I find peace? My marriage is disintegrating. And there's hundreds of Christian websites that answer those questions in their own language. And they then feed that to GMO. So you don't know who the person is other than any, but you don't have their email. They don't have your email. So it's 100% safe. And we're reaching all the people. And all the things you... Now, even though I've been there many times, I'd have trouble probably off the top of my head thinking, okay, now what's the first thing I should say to a Buddhist monk who's accepted Christ? But all the resources are there for you. You just go to the resources and they show you how to begin. Here's the scripture you want to go to. Here's where you want to encourage them. Here's what you want to do. So you're not doing it yourself. I was able to send him to the online Bible link, which is translated in his own language. Another individual from Iran just accepted Jesus. And I was able to pray for his protection and growth as a new believer. I love being able to send them resources they can use to grow. And those are just little websites that you click them to and send them to. They're available, all of us. I wanted to share with you that I've been challenged in my own walk with the Lord as a man from Africa has been asking questions about the deity of Jesus. He challenges me to research through GMO who Jesus is, what it means that Jesus is both God and man. It usually takes me less than 20 minutes for my research and those kind of deep questions to answer. But I am blessed because I'm learning the same time I'm sharing with somebody else. And by the way, those questions are common. So you'll end up down at the supermarket or whatever. Those same questions will come up. You've already been talking about it. That's where the growth comes. Please pray for him as I begin to challenge him to put his faith. I've told him that through my own experience, God is real. Jesus really changed my life. Thanks so much for opening the doors for me to become a GMO missionary. I'm blessed as God reveals truth to me as I minister to these people from around the world. Fantastic. Now look back at verse 12. Jesus said, you're going to be able to do greater things because I'm going to the Father. Well, what does that mean? Why could we do greater things because Jesus is going to the Father? Turn to John 14, 16 and 17. Here's the answer. As I'm leaving, Jesus says this, I'm going to go to heaven, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you, not temporarily, not for three and a half years, but forever, the Spirit of truth. Of course, talking about the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. He lives alongside you, with you, but he will be, watch this, in you. So Jesus said, when I leave... It's going to get better for you than it's been up to this point. Why? When Jesus would go back to heaven, God would send the Holy Spirit to take Jesus' place on the earth, and that Holy Spirit would live in every Christ follower. So there's never a time again after the Holy Spirit at salvation comes into the disciples where they're on their own. Remember the passage we read 
Jesus wasn't with them. They were all on their own. There will never be another time that they're on their own. You are never on your own. I am never on my own. I'm standing here teaching you, but the Holy Spirit's in me teaching you right now. Now, I'm not special because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And so Jesus says, because I'm going to the Father, God's going to send another comforter, that person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and it's an inward work. He begins to conform you into the image of Christ. So the moment you get saved, if you're not saved, you never accepted Christ. The moment you do, God comes to live inside you. That's fantastic. You'll never be alone. You'll never be without witness. You'll never be without conviction. You'll never be without comfort because God comes to live inside you. No religion can offer you that. Now, that isn't the end. By the way, at salvation, every Christian is indwelt by the presence of the Holy Spirit himself. Now, let's go to the third passage, Acts chapter 1. One more book back. I just put it in a row for you. Acts chapter 1, go down to verse 4. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this suggestion. I'm waiting. He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Scoot on down to verse 8. When that happens, you will receive, say it with me, power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you then will act like idiots in a church and draw attention to yourself. Or you will live like you lived before. No, 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 no. When you and I are filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, it enters us unto the Spirit-filled life, we will be different because we will have the power that we need. Notice, and then you will be my witnesses. Here goes the greater. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and it doesn't get any greater than this, the ends of the earth. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus says to his disciples, you can't do what I was doing unless you have what I had. And I got the authority from God, and I was filled with the Spirit when he was baptized in the Jordan. The Spirit came upon him. So Jesus said, what I have, you have to have. You can't go out on your own wisdom. You can't go out on your own strength. They needed to be baptized, empowered by the Holy Spirit before they could go out. That would be an outward work. So empowered by the Holy Spirit was a one-time baptism. Then it's a lifestyle of submitting. We would call it the Spirit-filled life. Now, here's what I just want to say to you. I'm not going to read this whole thing that I have for you, but I want you to write this down. This is very important. The power of God is not the ability of man. Lots of people think today, well, Pastor Mark, you've been a pastor, you've been preaching for 50 years. You're powerful. Foolishness. It's the power of God. Same for you. Wow, I really said that exactly right to that person. Man, I got the words just right. You might get the words right, but if the power of God isn't in it, no blind eyes will open. And I'm not talking weird stuff. 
I'm talking everyday normal stuff because we have God in us. Under his influence, not weird stuff that you see in much of TV. So I think you'll understand this. If I get filled with the Spirit and ask God to fill me, then I have the power of God. That's right, you do. Now, I told you at the beginning, you need two things, power and what else? Good job. You need power and authority. You can't have power if you don't have the authority to use it. You got it? So you need both. You can have the authority, but if you have no power, useless. So here we go to the fourth one. Remember, the authority is the lawful right to exercise the power that you have. So if I'm a Christian, I have the Holy Spirit in me, then I ask God to fill me with this Holy Spirit. He comes upon me, and I'm filled with the Spirit, so I have the power of God, but I need the authority. Let's go to Matthew 28. So we've done them all, except for Mark. Matthew 28, verse 18. Now, these are pretty much, by and large, the last things that Jesus is saying, included with the Acts passage that I just gave you before he goes back to heaven. He's already been to the cross. Look at verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, he's talking to his 12 disciples, all authority, how much? All. All. Over Satan? Yes. All authority in heaven and on earth. If it was in heaven, that doesn't help us because we live here. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Well, thanks a lot. We already know that. But look at this. Therefore, go. Therefore, go in whose authority? His delegated authority. You have the power. Now you go in my authority and do what? Go and make disciples of all nations. And here's what you're to do. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And by the way, I am with you to the very end of this age. Now, what does that really mean? That means that he's with us because the person of the Holy Spirit is God. He's with us. So just before going back to heaven, Jesus conferred his authority to the disciples right there. That authority has been delegated to every single Christian. The Great Commission is not for the 12. It's for you and it's for me. It didn't die when the 12 disciples died because the world would have been lost. We're not to make just converts. That's what this whole series is about. We're to make disciples. So that power comes with the Holy Spirit. That delegated authority, I have that ability to exercise that power, comes from Jesus. So here's what I want you to write. What does that look like in the end? That's why we're here. That's why there's hundreds, there's billions of Christians in the world. Why? Because of this. Number one, again, greater impact, God's promise of his power, his authority, and his presence, all three. You're never alone. You have the power of God, and you have the authority of God. It's a great thing to talk about before the elders pray on Tuesday night. It's the power of God and the authority of God. I see three elders in this church. We don't pray for people in our power, in our authority. Not the authority of Calvary Chapel. Lord, help us. It's the authority of God. Second, greater impact. How does the impact come? Disciples making more disciples. It's not just for you to be a disciple, but you need to be involved 
in making disciples. Converts, little impact. Because a convert never reproduces himself. Disciples, amazing impact. Where are you? First, you have to be a disciple to make another disciple. We are here so we can turn our world upside down. I just want to say to you a couple of things. One, thanks for growing and maturing. Thanks for getting sticky. Somebody stopped me reasoning. What's this sticky thing all about? He loved it. Thanks for applying the Word of God. As you are empowered to take the good news to your street, if you're filled with God's power and now you see you have his authority, what can you expect when you go into the streets? Failure, right? No, God's greater. You can expect him to open doors. You can expect people to be healed. Do you know that in this church, we still, from time to time, more in the foreign countries, but still in this church, from time to time, elders are called and we cast out demons from people? That's not done publicly. It's not a show thing. It's not a movie thing. It's a real thing. You go down to Haiti, it's very real with the voodoo. It's very real. We just need to cast the devil's influence out of most people. And that's when they turn themselves over to Christ. One of my most favorite quotes in all the world from Mark Batterson. Here's what it says. Jesus didn't die on the cross to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. What did Jesus do? He laid his life down. If you're going to be a growing disciple, it'll be the death of you. Say amen. amen. It will. Probably not physically, but that could happen for any of us. But it will be to your own desires and wishes. See, we're a servant and we're a steward. And when I get to the judgment seat, I want to go right on God. Now, to fulfill what God has for me with that power and authority, it takes one more step. Here it is. You have to move out of your comfort zone. See, a person living in their comfort zone doesn't care whether they have the power of God, doesn't care whether they have the authority, not interested in other people, just interested in yourself. The most selfish thing a person can do is go to heaven alone. You're not that way. You're changing lives. You're inviting people. Now, every time I do a funeral, and I did a funeral today, it always impacts me. Because when I do a funeral, I look at the people just like you, and I say to them, one day that will be your picture. Nobody will argue with me. And you'll spend the eternity in one of two places, with God or apart from God. Where you spend it depends what you do with God while you're living. And today is the day of salvation. Get out of your comfort zone. If you die tonight, do you know where you're going? If you're not going to heaven, then you need to get right with God. That's not a scary thing. It's the right thing. There's an urgency. You're wasting your life. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people. 
who despite whatever obstacles are in their way, they still worship Jesus and praise his name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. And would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be very grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. in a herd